0: Episode four of Draft Show is live. Bill Kenny, Nick John, Eric Wolschlager, and Jeff Boyd. Good tidings to you wherever you are. Tonight, we get to talk about sports, specifically sports MVPs of the last couple decades or so. Um, a little bit of a change of pace for us, as we've never talked sports before, but always good to expand your horizons. As we record, spoiler alert, we are watching, uh, at least two of us are watching um, two very poor basketball teams playing in the NCAA tournament in Appalachian state, Norfolk state. So I don't mind time stamping this one. Um, March Madness is back. Jeff, I know your heart is full like mine after going two years without.
1: Um, yeah. I legitimately took off of work tomorrow, the first full day of the tournament. So I could just stay at home and watch on my couch all day. So
0: really living it up. And a boy, Eric, uh, Unfortunately, our beloved uh, universities are soon to be not playing each other, but are both uh, both will be wearing their dark uniforms over the first two days. You guys have Clemson, of course, for Rutgers. St. Bonaventure will be playing LSU. So I think uh, no matter what the case is, we're rooting for the anti football factories. Uh, My school, of course, not having one. And your uh, daughter's uh, soon to be school, um, having one, but just kind of forgetting about it for the last 150 years or so.
2: Yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, they they go to places like small towns like Buffalo and get trounced. So I.
0: (laughs) How dare you
1: sully the good name of Muhammad (laughs) Sanu.
0: My my (laughs) bad. And and Nick, uh, are are you going to be rooting for your uh, beloved Buckeyes uh, in said tournament? And taking on the, the Golden Eagles of Oral Roberts in the first first matchup.
1: Imagine unironically naming it a university Oral Roberts. Have I know you it's a person, seen, but...
0: Well, have you ever... The world's ugliest statue is actually on the campus of Oral Roberts University. It is, and now Jeff's going to his Google machine. It is a giant... I don't know how tall it is, but it is um, two hands and like the traditional praying, like without... Crossing or intertwining the oh. fingers, and it's on the Oral Roberts campus. And um, I, you know, I love art. Um, I think that's obvious, but I just uh, I don't get that one. Um, so no, from Roadside I America, Oral Roberts. You go ahead.
1: At RoadsideAmerica.com, the world's largest praying hands. And I and I quote: "These mighty haymakers." stand 60 feet high and weigh 30 tons 60 largest feet. bronze sculpture in the world not just the largest sculpture of hands the largest bronze sculpture in the world and it is just hands like montgomery burns-esque <laughs>
0: not interlocked <laughs> yeah so the old school praying method so nick uh, i think i speak for everybody here where we say oh go bucks yes, good luck yes indeed I, I, I
3: think
0: they'll be okay um not happen. too many two fifteens happen, so it happens, but not they do occasionally. Yeah, um,
3: Ohio State basketball—they're a good team this year. They're wow. a good team. So exciting to see them uh, doing well, and um, you know, probably losing the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen as they normally do—the um, traditional landing spot for Ohio State. It's basketball. What happens? It's generally what happens, not at least in, in my way. my experience of uh, of watching Ohio State basketball. So
0: yeah, so very good. Well. Uh, keeping with that theme, as we mentioned tonight, we're talking about sports MVPs. We went uh, for this draft. Each of us ultimately picked one of each sport. It wasn't necessarily a requirement, but I think we all felt we had to be well-rounded. So of the last 20 years, we have NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. MVPs for each. Jeff, you were uh, selection number one. Of course, this is a four-by-four draft. We each took our four. And you, I believe this is your first opportunity to pick first. Who did you go with at pick number one? I'm sure that our local contingent will be very pleased with where you went.
1: So, yes, it is my first time going number one on one of these drafts. And I felt like at this spot, there were exactly two ways to go. Uh, And I, being maybe more of a football guy than a basketball guy, slanted that way. And I went with one Thomas Brady. Uh, multiple-time NFL MVP here at number one. And yes, this is a largely Buffalo-based podcast, but I've, it is hard to deny how good Brady has been for the entirety of the 2000s, even in seasons where the Patriots don't win a Super Bowl, seasons where they're not, quote-unquote, the best team. The level of consistent play, even this year with Tampa Bay, when you know he's not quite Tom Brady 10 years ago, still winning a Super Bowl out there. He is the... I think at this point undisputed best quarterback in the history of the NFL and a lot of the hate that gets directed his way is solely because Buffalo fans had to watch him be dominant and had to watch that team be dominant forever and ever just never slowing down, never having those off seasons, just continuously being at the top of his game. And if you were to build a football team from the ground up with any, with players from all areas, I think that Tom Brady would be the first quarterback to go off the board for anyone. Um, there are certainly guys coming along these days, you know, your Patrick Mahomes and the like, who may someday get to that level, but I think he has played consistently at a level that no other NFL quarterback or really any NFL player of any position has been able to achieve for as long as he has.
0: I, I mean, what you said is all factually correct. I have no real arguments against it. I do think, and Nick, we were talking in a, a chat recently with some other friends where we were discussing, and I brought up the point, I think Tom Brady has done it in multiple philosophies off of the system too. Like he's not just running the same system over and over. They've ran with pace. They've lit it up the year. They threw 50 touchdowns with Randy Moss in 2007. Um, He's been a little bit more of a, I don't want to say he's a game manager because he did throw deep a lot in Tampa this year, but it seemed like uh, they were kind of pulling the reins in a little bit in New England the last couple of years, but he is a, he's a damn good quarterback. And, and number one, I think uh, there's a lot of reasons to take time Brady here.
3: Yeah. And he did it not just on his own. Like he had a rotating cast of characters and outside of Gronk, who's probably the most consistent, um, receiver or, or running back on the team, um, over the course of his entire career for the Patriots. Um, it was a consistent like change. Like there was a rotation. It wasn't outside of Gronk again, it wasn't really the same guys. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think another reason why it was so impressive that he was able to do what he did, Um, you know, just have that instant connection with every single person on his team. Um, You know, that that's you, you kind of see it in sometimes in situations with other quarterbacks, even some guys we'll talk about here in a little bit where they didn't have that, where they had one guy or two guys they had for their entire career and everybody else who came in was just kind of like, eh, like they're fine. But, you know, going to fast forward here a little bit, Peyton Manning pretty much had two wide receivers and that was it. Mm -hmm. Like it was Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison. Everybody else was just, you know, fine. They were okay, but Brady never had that. So that's, I think makes it also that much more impressive.
0: Well, Eric, unless you have anything to say, why don't you, uh, give us pick number two here yeah
2: thanks for the segue nick uh i went with uh former tom brady opponent and storied unofficial hater and representative of state farm insurance uh manning future broadcaster i'm sure uh you know, uh, I and to go on a, the record
1: as that he is a spokesman of Nationwide Insurance I'm sorry. before we get you off track. I don't I the have, insurance community we, coming we, at us we
3: here. We may have we may have the uh, air, uh, the State Farm representative coming up here in a few. Yeah, years. <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> I uh, thank God we have our ombudsman on track here to keep our uh, <laughs> to keep our sponsor shifts under wraps. Here had Damn. that
2: all had that all set up, and I and I
0: and I whiffed on it. But uh,
2: yeah, you know, uh, it, it was unfortunate that Peyton Manning played in the era of Tom Brady because I think that. Maybe we think a little bit more highly of him if he didn't, but um, being the second best in that era, uh, I still think makes you a pretty good football player. And he himself managed to take some pretty mediocre teams to some pretty great heights. So I think he was deserved of this, this pick here at number two.
3: And I think there might even be like a different conversation if he was in the other conference. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That had a lot to do with it. The fact that he had to play against Tom Brady in a lot of those AFC championship games or go through the, you know, the AFC was pretty loaded for a really long time. Um, you know, if he had been on in the NFC, yeah, he'd, he'd be up against breeze and Rogers and and quarterbacks with that ilk. Um, but it's certainly a different situation. Um, if he's able
0: to be in the NFC versus the AFC. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I wish Drew Brees had had a little more competition or Aaron Rodgers. It would have been more fun, I think, just to have him outside of that. So it's true. And he still made four Super Bowls and won two of them. So it's yeah, don't let the Denver
1: problem. part of his career sully your memory of Peyton too much because <laughs> the early Peyton years, we've already mentioned Harrison and Wayne, but those teams with you know, Joseph Adai and Dallas Clark, those are 14-15 those are win teams. And I know that division at that point wasn't exactly stacked to the top of talent but to put up as many points as they did consistently and just carve defenses to shreds consistently. Peyton was not as good of a quarterback as Tom. Clearly, in my opinion, as evidence by the fact that it took Tom ahead of him. But Peyton's consistency, his floor was higher, but his ceiling was lower. He would not... It felt like it was a very rare day. Maybe only a playoff game ever would you see Peyton Manning make a big interception and cost the team the game. For 16 years of the regular season, there was a guy. You he would go to the line, look at the defense, figure out exactly what was lined up against him, call 15 audibles of the line, get mad at his running back for not blocking properly, and still throw a great pass.
2: I, uh, it, according to Wikipedia, he's nicknamed the Sheriff because of his audible calling ability, and I don't see the correlation. But I am not a Wikipedia editor,
0: so I'll have to defer. I mean, the internet's undefeated, so I have to assume that there's true. some correlation there. Also, that, the leading tourism assume. result for Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs>
1: That's
0: true. They love the Omaha, didn't they? Nick, you went with the first non-football pick at number three. Go ahead.
3: I, I did. I had to go with the undisputed greatest uh, basketball player of all time, uh, LeBron James. <laughs> there, is no, there is no argument. Um, I, I've never seen one and it's and the, well, because there is none that's why um, yeah uh, leBron James th- th- is is important for so many reasons um obviously the, the the biggest you know sure there may be one or two other people that that are in the conversation but the fact that he did it while he was so young you know started off at you know coming out
0: of high school um, looks like we have a guest oh, eric's got his uh his son yeah, I muted. Noah? You want to say hi to the, hi to the What's people? What's up, Noah? Hi. Is that a What's up, buddy? Carolina Hurricanes uh, pajamas there? What are we going okay. with?
2: It, they, they were asking about your Carolina pajamas. <laughs> uh, it, it's an interesting question. I, yeah, it is an interesting question, <laughs> I think. It's, it's, it's laundry it. day.
0: It's laundry <laughs> day.
2: You can tell. I, I, I kind of like Carolina.
0: All right, that's fine. Well, no, um, a great We're very welcoming on the show. Yeah, that's fine. We love all of you. Good job tonight, buddy. Humbly humbly admits to Yeah, well we can't Carolina all fandom. That's fine. We can't all can't all be winners all the time. So that's good. Noah have a good sleep, buddy. Nick, back to you.
3: Um yeah, so LeBron James. Um really, really uh awesome like just an amazing human being um i know we've you know didn't really touch on that with with peyton and tom tom brady both are very good good people good people in their communities you know well peyton manning is maybe one more than yeah. the other but that's fine <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah neither here nor there <laughs> um but no lebron james just in general uh, a great human being um uses his power um to Push a lot of you know great agendas and and these things, but you know obviously that doesn't you know diminish what he does on the on the on the court because in every single game he is the focus of everything, always has been, and probably will continue to be for another three to four seasons. He is a threat to break records that were deemed unbreakable. Um, I think a lot because of his longevity. Doesn't really get hurt that often. Um, fin plays every game very, very often, um, many minutes. Uh, he's just an over. It's it's hard to really put anybody else in the same uh, league as a guy like LeBron James because he has to play against all these other players who we'll talk about here that are amazing. You know, you have people like you know Michael Jordan, and you have your Will Chamberlains and Kareem Abdul Jabars that didn't have to play against Kevin Durant and didn't have to play against Stephen Curry. And like these players, like it is so hard to pick like an all-star team. Cause you look at an all-star team every year and it's like, you're leaving out guys that, you know, average double doubles. It's like absolutely incredible basketball players. The game is completely different than it was 30 years ago. Um even 20 years ago when he first started just a completely different machine. Um, So yeah, LeBron James, by far um, the best basketball player. Definitely of his generation, if not more.
0: I think it's interesting that in terms of um, players that have played in the most NBA finals, it's LeBron James and Bill Russell, and also arguably the two greatest humanitarians that the sport has ever seen social justice causes for both of them. Um, And handling things that us four Cy White guys can't ever possibly understand um, when it comes to that sort of thing, especially LeBron growing up uh, in the Internet age where he is constantly the target of uh, many, um, many barbs. Uh, certainly there can be criticisms made, but uh, oftentimes they are uh, somewhat fruitless, uh, just trying to bring the man down. Um, and three different championships or four championships with three different franchises uh, is remarkable, including winning a professional sports championship in Cleveland. That should that should just automatically qualify you for best of all time. It's and that's allowed to happen. Wow. I Well, not for the ones I root for. But, yeah, <laughs> apparently it's uh, it is a thing that can happen occasionally.
1: LeBron was the only other guy I even considered a number one other than Tom Brady. I have no arguments against that. He's a great pick and he's the best basketball player of this
2: era by a lot. We, uh, despite what Bill said in the open, we do frequently talk about sports when the four of us get together, but we don't necessarily always talk about the intersection of politics and sports. And I feel like more than anyone else on this list, this gentleman has advocated for um, people who needed somebody to be their voice. And as, as Bill pointed out, he's taken a lot of criticism for it and it, it hasn't caused him to back down in any way, shape or form. And uh, you know, he's he's legitimately put his money where his mouth is. And so I, I know this is a, a sports draft, but for that, uh he deserves to be at least three and, and maybe higher.
3: And I may be mistaken, but is he the only one on this uh, list without a college degree or a college without, without going to college? Did um, Ovechkin, I, maybe?
0: No, I don't think any of the hockey players went. Yeah, I don't think college. any of the hockey guys did. technically.
2: Uh, One went to university.
0: Ah, yes, that
2: is. Yes,
0: that is. We'll get to him soon. (laughs) Yes, very soon. Hold, please. Um. All right. Well, I had picks four and five on the wraparound, and I thought, um, can I get the best uh, players of their generation? But can they also be super boring? So I stacked them back to back, and I feel like I was very successful. Number four was Mike Trout, uh, Angel center fielder. The Um, maybe already like one of the 10 best baseball players of all time and should be uh listed amongst the you know Bonds and Ruth and Mays and Mantle and truly all the greats. He is incomparable. He plays the most important, arguably the most important position, I suppose, shortstop and the defensive side could be made. But he plays a gold glove center field and he is absolute money to hit for 300 he's going to get you 30 plus home runs he's not quite as fast as he was when he first came up but when he was he was going for 25 steals he gets well over 100 rbis every season despite having um i don't know who his best teammate has ever been um the corpse of albert Pujols, i suppose would be the qualifier right now it is a shame. still there Tim Samuels, Troy Glouse, all the greats. Um, it is an absolute travesty that the Angels have done such a poor job in surrounding Mike Trout with talent because he has played in one playoff series in his life. I believe he was swept by Boston in 2015. Um, he deserves much better, but he is that good. He is better than advertised and he I believe he has three MVPs. Um, He should probably have just won it every single year since he came up in 2011. Like he's just a truly generational player and has not slipped in any way. Um, But because he doesn't promote himself, you don't hear about him that much. I mean, he, he's not the face of baseball because he's not super charismatic. He just happens to be the best by a fairly wide margin at what it is that he chooses to do as a professional.
1: Yeah, Mike Trout with Bryce Harper's personality will, will be worth about $50 billion and be on every single oh commercial you've ever seen. Uh, that does not take away. And yep. that combined with the fact that baseball is maybe compared even to its peers, we'll talk about in this, does a not wonderful job of always promoting all of their top stars. They do a better job than hockey, that's for sure. We can get to that here very shortly. But Mike, the fact that Mike Trout is not plastered on a lot of things is is so bizarre because like Bill mentioned, he is so much better at what he does than anyone else. He does it by himself, basically, he, single-handedly. like his wings of, I don't remember the number of what his runs above replacement is, but it is hilariously big because that team without him in the lineup isn't worth the price of admission, but with him, they're a playoff contender. It just, for one guy to be that large of a percentage of his team's success and reason to win is incredible. And he does it, he makes it look so easy. He does it in all aspects of the game. Truly really one of the few traditional five-tool players even that still exists in the day's game who is still able to hit for power and his best teammate has probably been a converted switch pitcher in Shohei Otani um, because everyone else that they've got around him is not nearly to his level.
0: Yeah. Uh, so just to your point, uh, Jeff, he came up at age 19 in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what you think about le- you know, last season being – you know, somewhat abbreviated, and also in 2011. Truly, he's played in just eight full seasons, and we'll you know we'll say that last year was uh, we'll we'll give him nine just because he played the numbers. He is already the 52nd best baseball player by WAR ever in nine-ish seasons. Um, that is incredible. He passed uh, you know in, in recent years he's passed Reggie Jackson, Frank Thomas, Jim Thome, Larry Walker, Derek Jeter. Uh, Alan Trammell, Barry Larkin, all those guys are hall of famers and he's already better than all of them in terms of value to his team. It, it is remarkable. I mean, he is already truly, I think he could retire today and be considered one of the 10 best players of all time. But if he gets another five, six seasons, he is going to come real close to topping some of these all time grades. Number five as we come into this first pick of the second round, I also went with a uh, somewhat charismatic list young man who is just simply the best at what he does and no talent has surrounded him ever. Uh, it's Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid drafted in 2015. Um, he's already got, I believe two hearts should have had a third last year because he's the reason Leon dry won the heart. Um, and now he's going to win the heart again this year. He is one of a kind. Um he, in in buffalo it was mcdavid or eichel i don't know if things are different if it is that much different if it's mcdavid versus eichel but um there is no doubt in my mind that Connor mcdavid is better at this point than any other individual player maybe you know we're talking like wayne gretzky levels of just being that much better than number two whoever you pick Obviously, Nikita Kucherov had an incredible year uh, was it two seasons ago, and like I said, Dreisaitl led the league in points last year. I get all that. Um, there are great individual players, maybe more in great individual players right now in hockey than there ever has been. But Conor McDavid is just so far ahead of of these guys, and every couple you know every couple months, he just takes the puck behind his net and just goes end to end and makes five other NHL worthy players. Look like traffic cones and then just snipes one. I mean, it is when he gets going end to end, there's nothing prettier in sports than Connor McDavid going. So, uh, again, cardboard when it comes to the personality, but truly, you know, I think him and Trout are just so much better than anybody else at this point.
1: Nothing quite encapsulates the off ice personality of Connor McDavid than that photo of him with that couple at the airport yes. a couple of years ago, yes. where he's just completely dumbfounded, doesn't know what to do with his hands or his face. Like, how did someone recognize me without my helmet on in public, deer in the headlights at the camera? Look, it's an all time great moment in in off ice sports history for him. But on the ice, like Bill mentioned, there isn't much more to add to to that. It was all pretty spot on for me just he is the best skater i have ever seen in the sport he makes skate he makes what other people do look like they're doing it wrong like Mm -hmm. professionals at the highest level look like they are skating through mud trying to skate with him um to the point where if someone actually makes a play on him you wonder how exactly did radko gudas find that within himself or for example (laughs) just to make a play on him for one moment um he is at this point going right now here in the year 2021, he is the best hockey player in the world. And I don't think it's particularly close.
2: I think this comment kind of encapsulates both of the last two picks that Bill has made, but there's something to be said about a person who is so committed to being the best at what they do that they forget to get a personality in worked in there. Uh, But I mean, obviously like, Probably every generation, you get someone they compare to Gretzky. We had Lemieux, and then probably Crosby or Obi, whichever whichever one you favored during that ten year period of time, right? So not eighty seven, and now Connor McDavid's in ninety seven, and which makes me feel super. Waiting old, for 007. regardless. <laughs> Just, yeah, uh, I don't think but, about it too long. Yeah, yeah, but none of them have come as close to being. A, a colleague of the great one
0: mm-hmm.
2: as mcdavid like he's like in one step he's at full speed yeah it, that's yeah. like physically mind-boggling like like the he, laws of physics dictate that's not
0: possible <laughs> and he's 24 yeah so he's, like he's, he's got, got a few more how years. many more years left like he's got four or five at this level
1: realistically probably hasn't even peaked yet which is yeah terrifying. it's poss- yeah, yeah that's
2: yeah so uh uh, yeah this is this is a great pick and you know um the only other hockey player that i would say might fit in here um i learned after i chose him was disqualified from this uh draft so but i would say Hashik was similar in the way that they changed that he changed the game for his for his era but yeah uh just great pick
1: it's a casual 97 points for Connor in 64 regular season games last year during the shortened season. Just hanging right. out
0: and having a good just time. Just chilling. So we do all this Connor McDavid um, superlatives. Nick picks at six, but there's a case to be made that Nick's guy at six has the single best skill of any hockey player of I maybe ever. Uh, there is a case to be made. Nick, who you got here at six?
3: Uh, got grade eight. Ovi. Alexander Ovechkin. Um, and no, yes, I get it. Homer pick all oh. of this and that. Um, but I mean, at least over the course since Gretzky, probably the best pure goal scorer. Correct. Like. Absolutely. Yes, he he is talented in other ways. He has thirteen hundred points, but seven hundred and seventeen of them, I think, it's seven seventeen now. Yeah, count
1: that less when he scored against the Sabres, which was his easiest probably.
3: Probably, yeah. Which is saying something because you know you put that many in, you're you're gonna have a lot of easy ones. Um, but uh, yeah, best pure goal scorer since Wayne Gretzky. Um, he does one thing. I mean, he does other things, but the one thing he does well, he does really well. Um, he is approaching at. And based on his, you know, history of, of long jet, like his durability, he could in, in theory, if he plays long enough, he could catch Gretzky um, for goals scored. Um, I, I know I, I do follow um, a few people on Twitter that are, you know, they track his, whenever he scores a goal and um, you know, they're saying like giving like rec- or not recommendations, but um predictions on the day that he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's goal, goal score record. Um, it's possible for sure. Um, because he, it's so effortless the way he does it. He, it doesn't like he has to work very hard. It just happens. Like the puck leaves his stick and it's in the net. So often he goes through, you know, th- this year he went through some, some issues, um, with early in the season, but, um, you know, he's won the rocket Richard, um, Uh, trophy nine times he's been in the league since 2004 he has won it every year since the 12 13 season except for one year which is insane like we're talking about how conor mcdavid hasn't peaked yet ovechkin certainly peaked for sure but he's still scoring more goals than everybody in the league after his peak which is just
1: unbelievable just crazy stuff Exactly. I want to go on the record and say something crazy uh, to build off your point. I think that Alex Ovechkin is objectively a better goal scorer than Wayne Gretzky is because the level of goaltending and defensive mm. schemes that exist today. You watch some of Wayne's goals, and not, this is not to take away from Wayne Gretzky, not entirely at least. But with to build and to build off of Eric's point about Hasek, goaltending was reinvented in the '90s. From those guys, you watch Gretzky shoot the puck at a guy who just falls over backwards into his neck as a goaltender never thought about going down to the ice at some points. Alex Ovechkin has an entire generation of goaltenders who watched Dominic Hasek flip into cartwheels and then grew up wanting to be that guy and reinvented goaltending to be way more athletic and way more difficult to score on than it was back in the eighties. So I think that what Ovechkin has done seven seventeen in this era is more impressive than what Gretzky did in a, from a pure goal scoring opinion.
2: I think one of the most important points to make about Ovechkin is the way that he schools scores goals has evolved in his career. Like he used to be the guy that would, you know, stick handle through a bunch of defenses, fall down to the ice, whip his stick around the back of his head and put the puck in the net. And that's not necessarily what he is anymore. He is a giant Russian bear of a man who just fires the puck so fast that goalies can't see it. And it goes in the net. Like, and I, that's not, that's not true of pure goal scorers before him. Like, you, you know, you talk about Gretzky. He was the wheel and deal guy talk about Lemieux you know what I mean like they were the breakaway make a move put the puck on the back of the net and Ovi just like in his career he's learned my body does this better now so I'm just gonna work on doing that and you know up till now nobody's been able to figure out a way to stop whatever mode he's in at that point in his career so I I just, you know, I, there's not, when he won a cup, I've never been so happy for an individual player than I was for him. And I, I I think that maybe he might be the only person who was happier and like his, his summer celebration of that cup is maybe my favorite
0: moment in sports history, even though it lasted like three months. Yeah. It was wonderful. Just, he was going in fountains, going to nationals games, <laughs> doing keg stands. It was awesome. And you know what? He, he deserved every second of it. For sure, and,
3: and, and we talked about Conor McDavid not having any personality. Uh, personality oozes
0: yes. out of Alexander
3: Ovechkin, and he doesn't care. It's not quite on the 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 level of like Ibrahimovic, um, in terms of like his ego. He knows he's good, like he he knows it for sure. Um, but he just has this, this like playful, like especially now, like it's now is a lot different than he was uh, 2009. Ovechkin is a lot different than 2021 Ovechkin, um, but just the fact that like you could tell he's having a good time on the ice, and he's the first he's the first guy to the goalie when they win a game, you know, to to hug and congratulate and like wait in line with him while everybody's coming up to the goalie. Like just he, he's he's a, a great teammate, um, and it's just awesome to watch on the ice. Like when he's on the ice, your eyes are on him. So and and you know obviously McDavid. And, you know, a dozen other players, it's the same thing. But it's just that he's been at it for so long, and it's super impressive. And it, he's just
0: awesome to watch.
2: And noted Sabres
0: fan, Alexander. That's right. Of <laughs> yes. course. Damn that photo. Uh Eric, number seven, baseball guy. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, this is probably a controversial pick, but I feel like Maybe I made it for for the wrong reasons, but I, I chose A. Rod here, and I think it's because he's such an icon in baseball, and and I and and it's maybe controversial for for a lot of reasons. Like he's not the best baseball player on this list, but and and obviously there's the scandal and everything too. So so his anything that happens in the future with him, any honors that he gets will probably come with an asterisk, but. What really stands out for me is that $2,252 million 10-year contract. Like, he's, he kind of set the bar for what would be baseball money now. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be getting paid beyond 50. He's going to be getting paid baseball contracts beyond the age of 50. And – um you know, in, in this era of professional sports and, and the ludicrous amounts of money that are passed from team to person to television contract to whatever, uh, um, this I, I feel like this was where sports jumped the shark, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, mm-hmm. it just, th- this is where things started to get ridiculous and it hasn't really calmed down since then. Um,
1: this
0: is when I, I remember
1: the Yankees losing control over just spending on everyone who was available.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. And it, I, to your point though, I 12th best in terms of war ever. Alex Rodriguez was Mike Trout before that. And he was really likable when he was playing shortstop in Seattle with Ken Griffey and kind of, you know, kind of chased the money and, and switched to third base when he was out in Uh, Texas before going to New York. And that was, you know, once you become a Yankee and there was a time kids when um, the Yankees and the Red Sox weren't the same thing. And we actually um, chose the lovable underdog Red Sox, which is very funny to say nowadays. Um, But he was the perfect foil to, you know, what the Red Sox were doing at that time. So I, Alex Rodriguez is, you know, other than there's one or two other guys that may or may not come up later, but yeah, I, you don't have to defend the baseball side of it. Alex Rodriguez was great. He was a win at all cost guy and there's something charming about that and that was his charm was he was clearly trying to win um, to a fault but he was trying to the, win. The clap,
2: right? Like the didn't he run in front of the shortstop and like clap his his play.
0: big moment was in the in the 04 Red Sox series where he slapped the ball out of the fielder's glove while trying to run okay. first base maybe, that maybe that's called. what it was um but he has other moments too and he does end up getting a championship in 09 it was yeah. it's kind of forgotten to history in a weird way but he did you know that he, he got a championship and He's got that one. He's never going to go to the Hall of Fame because of the drug issues or the the steroid issues, which is ridiculous. Um, And baseball needs to get over itself because there's about 10 10 to 15 guys that should be in there. Alex Arria is absolutely one of
1: them. And the only guy on this list who has recently broken off an engagement with Jennifer Lopez, which in and of itself is an accomplishment that no one else on this list could do.
0: I believe he's also the only shark.
1: I believe it's. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, let me check my hockey picks like, Yeah, I believe so. Nope. Yes. The only shark to date
0: <laughs> that we are aware of. Jonathan Chichu, not on the list. Uh, very good. Uh, Jeff, end round two, start round three. Shout a out to Evgeny
1: Makov here. Uh, a couple right. of SCs. Um, these in no particular order. I don't really have one of them any higher than the other, but. Uh, went at number eight, took the second guy off the board for basketball in Stephen Curry. Now, I said my piece on LeBron, and I do still believe in all ways LeBron is a better true basketball player. But in the same way that Alex Ovechkin has one skill that has defined him, that he has done better than anyone else in the history of the sport, Stephen Curry is a better pure shooter than anyone else the sport has seen. And that includes guys like Kobe who were fantastic. Kobe was better defensively, better attacking the, the ball. Stephen Curry has basically redefined how every young fan of the sport plays the sport in their driveway we were watching bill already mentioned we're watching march madness and i watched a guy chuck up a three-pointer from inside just inside the logo at the buzzer down one because everyone just glory chases three-pointers now instead of driving to the basket it's the sport of the splash brothers steph curry along with his entire teammates clay thompson notably as well go out shoot 33 pointers you hit 15 of them and you get forty. shooting percentage isn't always great but you still get a bunch of points and Steph from his days as a oversized Jersey wearer at Davidson to now has truly progressed to become one of the best scorers in the sport. And he's, he's rounded up some other areas of his game as well. He's not bad on defense. He, he does get rebounds. He creates plays for his teammates, but he was primarily a pure shooter and the best to do it in that regard.
0: Got to see Steph Curry, not in the 08 run that he made at Davidson, but in 07, he played in Buffalo um, with Davidson lost to Maryland and, um, but it was, oh, that's Del Curry's kid. I remember saying to my buddy that was sitting there with me, and it's like, oh, he looks like he maybe can play at some point. He's a skinny dude, but the shooting, you figure, plays. Um, did you ever think that he would be MVP and multiple-time world champion and redefine basketball as we knew it in the last decade? No, I didn't. But an incredible, incredible winner, uh, three-time NBA champion. He is truly one of the all-times Uh he has earned his keep. Um, just, yeah, best pure shooter in history. I don't think there's there's much else to say. So with that, we turn it back around. Eric.
1: Roundy the bend. Oh, we we haven't gotten away from me quite, quite yet here. Not quite yet. Oh, that's we're right. Not, Sorry, Jeff. I apologize. Round three. We, before we, we get to the Eric's Canadian, we have to get to my Canadian. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now I'm a I'm Bills fan at the Take Tom Brady I'm a Flyers fan and here at number nine, and I had to take Sidney Crosby. I think objectively at this point, it was the best player on the board across the four sports. We mentioned the races between Crosby and Ovechkin. We already said our piece on Ovechkin. Better shooter, better scorer than Sidney Crosby. But Sidney Crosby might be the best all-around player of this era of hockey in terms of not just scoring. He has a great score. His playmaking ability, his skating ability, and maybe most notably his stick handling ability. He makes plays on the regular right now at his advanced age in the sport that you cannot teach that. You cannot do that. He just plays pucks out of the air and taps them in for goals. Goalies are afraid to move the puck near him. He just stick handles around multiple defenders at a time. I'm personally on my board. I would have taken him ahead of either of those guys, even though I love OV. I think that Crosby's reign and turning Pittsburgh from a franchise that was almost sold, almost moved to Kansas city in the early 2000s to one of the most worn jerseys nationwide, maybe the most recognizable hockey name, and now a, a fan base that seems to be pretty well spread nationally because of guys like him and Evgeny Malkin. I think Crosby has been the best, most consistent hockey player since he stepped into the league. And while his his highs, other than winning Stanley Cups, aren't maybe as high as Ovi's goal totals or Connor McDavid's recent point totals, the consistent, unbelievable star play of Sidney Crosby has always stood out to me during his entire career.
0: Nick, I'm curious in DC now that these guys are a little bit older, if there's still the kind of manufactured rivalry that NBC insisted upon with Ovechkin versus Crosby. I'm not saying that they weren't rivals, but it was really more of a team thing. And it wasn't like Crosby and Ovechkin were lining up across from each other, but Obviously, the comparisons were there with the picks, you know, in 04 and 05 being number one overall, and the teams kind of growing up and maturing together in a way.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that, you know, maybe not like it's like a blood feud, um, but they're certainly tied together for for multiple reasons, just the same way that at least in in Buffalo and Edmonton, we're going to tie Jack and uh Connor together for their entire careers. Um, but no, there is certainly a um a connection between the two um which really connects both um Pittsburgh and Washington in terms of of, of a of team t- team versus team feud for sure.
2: One thing that uh Crosby has over McDavid and OB is Olympic success uh, much to the dismay of Buffalo fans, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's driven Team Canada to a lot of gold medals, and I, I mean, a lot. In in perspective, obviously, like it's not like he's won five gold medals, but you know
0: what I mean, like what he was capable of doing yeah, in the, in right, the time yeah. frame. And 2010, uh, I mean, the, the gold medal game—that's probably the best hockey game of our generation, right? Yeah who is the best player in that game. Right. Yeah. And, and the
2: game winner of that yep. game. Uh, so, you know, I, it, there, there is a point to be made that maybe he, he fell a little bit here. I, I, I don't hate the McDavid pick. I really don't hate the OB pick. Teams. I might pick Ovi over, over Crosby, but I don't know. They They're, they're just so good together so i uh it's so much fun to watch over the last you know 20 years of their career and uh i i'm glad glad to be to be watching all of them or both both of them now
0: yeah now all that's been said about crosby fuck sydney crosby and go there flyers And a boy there it is 1975 number 10 is eric now we're gonna get to his uh canadian but wait a sec it's not a hockey player there. That's Canadian. I'm so confused right now.
2: Yeah. And technically South African, this, this yes, is a worldly gentleman in uh former NBA forward, Steve Nash. Uh, I had, I felt like I had to score one for who like at, at his time, he wasn't, he was like a short white guy. Like that, that's me. Like he, for you the know, record, he's, is he's still a, a short guy. Yeah, he's four. He's, he's a foot taller than me, so maybe that's well, not me. But yeah. but you know, relatively speaking, com- yes. Sure. When I'm out on the basketball court, sure. Uh, but you know, he wasn't necessarily the flashiest player. He wasn't, um, you know. A- a- again, if you're if you're at center court and you're picking teams, maybe you don't necessarily you overlook Steve Nash for for some flashier players. But just one of the most consistent players in his time and. Uh, a lot of fun to watch in my, in my personal opinion.
0: Um, the other basketball revolution, we talked about Steph Curry and his shooting ability. Um, there were brutal, like 70 to 68 playoff games that we endured with the heat and the Knicks back in like the late nineties. And then all of a sudden Steve Nash went from Dallas to Phoenix. And they also happened to have Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion and basketball got fun again because of the Phoenix suns of the seven seconds or less. Like nobody was better at creating angles than Steve Nash. And he would just feed these positionless athletic freaks that could shoot the ball that could run up and down the court. And it is a shame that the sun's never even got to an NBA finals. Um, That still makes me upset as a basketball fan, but Steve Nash was the driver of that car. And the, like I said, nobody ever found more creativity in terms of angles. Like he would make bounce passes fun because just the way he would fit the basketball in in impossible positions was unparalleled. And it is funny to think that he got back-to-back MVPs, but they were absolutely justified. And it was kind of the end of the the big man Shaq was on his way out. And there were some other guys that were kind of like the, the giant athletic seven footers. I would just, bruise you because the Suns could just run around them. And that's because of Steve Nash and his playmaking ability. I loved those Suns teams they are probably still some of my favorite teams of all time. And, uh, and Nash was the facilitator on those.
1: We think about Nash as the third basketball player off the board here, probably also the third quarterback, because what he did for that Suns team was fairly unique up to that point. They, like Bill mentioned, there are not teams that were trying to just go down and take as many possessions as possible. They were an analytics team in an era where you just tried to beat down your opponent. I mean, there was the physical Knicks versus Pacers era of the nineties where teams were just going out and bumping bodies in the paint and went in the ugly way. And then, Steve Nash gets to join D'Antoni, Amari, and Marion and crew, and all of a sudden it's just, what happens if we just take 300 shots a game and make basketball fun again? It was
0: so beautiful.
1: It was amazing. And he's still the best pure passer I think the NBA has ever seen. I love this pick, too, because he is still for three guys on the board. He, LeBron, and Steph are all so good, but they're all so good in very different categories Mm -hmm. that it's hard to say that they're not all the top of that regard in the last 20 years.
0: Uh, Nick? Anything on Steve Nash or are we moving on to pick 11 here? No,
3: I uh, might as well move on to pick 11. Another Canadian. <laughs>
0: oh, wait, no, N- not, wait not, Canadian. Here.
3: not Canadian. Not <laughs> Canadian. Um, side-
0: not a province in Canada. What are you <laughs>
3: doing? Not uh, Canadian. No, uh, Barry Bonds. Uh, I mean, we what can't you say about him? Um, actually, home run leader, which is absolutely enormous. Um, holds a single season record, uh, for home runs. um, and actually only led the league in home runs twice. And it kind of in the same way Hank Aaron did it when he broke, he broke out of the record that, you know, he, he was just consistent constantly, like always hitting, you know, 35 plus. When you hit 35 plus for 20 seasons, you're going to be at the top of the list when it all comes, uh, when it all comes down um, was 14 time, all-star 12 uh, times Silver slug, slugger. Uh, eight time golden glove, seven time MVP. Um, also holds the record for the longest break between MVP awards in 1993, then would go on to win it four years in a row from 2001 to 2004. Um, kind of obviously, he reinvented himself yeah. um, over the course of those years when he came to uh, San Francisco, so to speak. You, yeah, well, so, you know, maybe, uh, you know, assisted uh, with uh, reinventing himself through uh, chemistry, but um you know what it's only so much that could do it, you, you don't get pinpoint accuracy with a baseball bat, you know, swinging it at, um, you know, 95 mile fastballs. Um, you know, you don't get a better eyes by doing that. So, um, it's just absolutely incredible baseball player Changed the game. Um, at least when, when he was up, when he was at bat, um, you were doing one, one of three things you were giving up a home run. Uh, you were intentionally walking him or you were praying you weren't giving up a home run almost every time. Uh, maybe not the best player off the field, best person off the field. Um, but, you know, obviously a, a massive asset uh, to the game of baseball, really kind of between him and Sosa um, really brought a lot of energy back to the game that was missing um, almost for what, six or seven years um, post-lockout really helped rejuvenate the game um, with you know between uh, sorry yeah it was it was him and sosa well
0: uh, him, it was mcguire and sosa and then mcguire B- sosa B- Bots sorry. got jealous of them and then became, that's right that's right <laughs> the killing pumpkin yeah yeah that's right um you, real quick um mm-hmm. batting average is, is still i think kind of like the generic one but on base percentage i think is i think we're all in agreement here jeff you're the, a bigger baseball fan too right um In 2001, Barry Bonds had a a 515 on base percentage. That means more than 50% of the time he was getting on base. That's his fourth highest career on base percentage because then the next two or next three years he went 582, 529. And in 2004, he had the single greatest on base uh, season all time for on base percentage. He was 609 on base percentage, nearly 61% of the time in a sport where if you get on base 3.3 or 33% of the time you're doing well, he was at 61%.
1: This is one of my first opportunities tonight to plug the work of John Boys over at uh, Secret Base, now Mm -hmm. uh, formerly SB Nation, who did an entire video on what would happen if that season Barry Bonds did not carry a bat to the plate and just looked (laughs) at all the pitches that he was thrown. And the conclusion is that he still would have reached base about 50% of the time without swinging once. Because everyone was terrified of him at that point in his career, throwing a pitch over the plate to Barry Bonds was basically just looking at your coach and being like, please take me out of this game. Because if you gave it to him, he was going to absolutely tear the cover off of it. Steroid situation being what it was, it was appointment viewing baseball for Mm -hmm. a long point and Bonds before the the roided up era Bonds was also a fantastic baseball player. He a was a three time MVP. Yeah.
2: He was so
1: good. And then he just like you said, he looked at what was now the top of the game. He saw Sosa and McGuire being the top dogs and he chased that instead and became better than them at what they had done. I, he's it's always going to be an interesting case to talk about this era of baseball with you mentioned him as well as a rod and a number of guys who are in permanent hall of fame limbo and do we talk about the do we recognize them where the asterisks go and all that but i when i first started watching baseball was right around the time of the initial mcguire sosa chases yeah. baseball was exciting it was prime time viewing you had to see well who was going to do it and bonds kept that going into the early 2000s i like this pick i'd it's incredible what he was able to do and how he single-handedly forced every single pitcher or manager's hands for
0: years. I I heard a stat today and it was, I heard a stat today where Barry Bonds single-handedly by, I believe it was 0.5% raised the on-base percentage of the entire league based on that 2004 season, because he was at six, you know, basically 61%, just uncanny, incredible. There will never be more seasons like that. Every at-bat that he had would be like a break-in on Center or baseball tonight because – and usually it was just watching him get four pitches and then walking away. But, you know, the 73 home run season, just everything about him, I still think that he has more hits into McCovey Cove than any other uh, – pl- just period – Every player that's since played in that stadium. The stadium's 20 years old now, and he has, still has more than any other, uh, all the other players combined. Just a remarkable player.
2: I think that's my favorite memory of Bonds. Like, you know, fantastic baseball player, obviously, but like the mad scramble of kayaks, yes. to every home run ball. <laughs> It was just so much fun to watch. <laughs> it was
0: fun as hell,
1: man. The Bay Area kayak rental business has taken a nose dive since he <laughs> retired.
0: I've I did get to see when I was out there one uh, batting practice home run ended up in the uh, in the ocean, which was fun. But
1: I got I got to walk by the stadium when I was there, but there was no game the week that we were there,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium though. Gorgeous. We went to two games when we were out there. A lot of fun. Ten out of ten would recommend highly. All right, my turn here at 12 and on 13. So, again, continuing my, I like uh, the youthful folk. I'm going Patrick Mahomes because I think that Patrick Mahomes could eventually be number one in this draft if we're doing it all over again in 2041. And he's already got the MVP, multiple Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl championship. Um, there will never be, I think, it, obviously pending injury and all and the the usual type of caveats that you got to put on these things but an incredible player who can do anything he can scramble he can throw he can throw it deep he can throw it accurately um is it a bit you know is Patrick Mahomes a hall of famer right now if he retires no because he doesn't have longevity is it a bet on the future yeah I, I just there are great young quarterbacks out there and I don't think any of them are at the level of Patrick Mahomes at this point. I think we're going to get bored with giving Patrick Mahomes MVPs, so he's not going to get as many as he deserves over the course of his career. I think he's that transcendent of a player.
1: Bills fans are going to learn to hate Patrick Mahomes the same way you hate Tom Brady right now because he's in the. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play him in your division. You don't have to play him twice a year, but you're looking at probably playing him once a year as long as you're at the top of your division plus the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Um, could be twice
1: I, a year. It could be twice. It could very well be Actually, twice a year. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, The I like this pick here. I wouldn't. It's hard for me to take him over some of the other guys. I just because he hasn't done it all yet. Sure. But it is. It certainly tracks that based on his skill set and the throws that he can make. Um, it's a, It's all the best parts of Brett Favre mixed in with you know the play the playing ability of like a Peyton Manning to see the field, which is absolutely terrifying uh, for an opposing defense. And I could easily see him by the time that he calls it quits, whenever that will be his statistics far eclipsing what Brady has done to this point.
2: I think it's fun to watch him play because you can almost see his mind working as his eyes scan the field, which is, that's not necessarily something you get from Brady. Brady is a very, technical and rigid quarterback and that's not Mahomes at all Mahomes is constantly trying in his mind to determine what is the best play I can make right here is it chuck it 60 yards is it chuck it 20 yards is it run 10 yards and like all of those things are happening in three tenths of a second and you can see you can kind of like if you're really watching him and especially on replay because things slow down and, and everything you can see him go through that in his head and it's just a, it's a lot of
0: fun to watch yeah no doubt Nick Mahomes
3: great great awesome player so fun to watch um, completely changes the game um, of, of professional football the way that he's able to just his vision just is you have to game plan for that. Not even necessarily like his arm, but you're game planning for his eyes, which is just unbelievable. Like his mind um, on the same level as like a, as a Brady or a Manning, or as you know, the guy we'll talk about here in a second. Um, they're just, they're so far above and beyond anybody else who does it. And the fact that he's done a while, he's so young. It's yeah. super impressive. And we've got years, we've got at least 10 more years of this stuff. So yeah. it's going to be awesome to see. Um, also very frustrating to see um, yes. because we're, I think what we're going to do is end up seeing like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, you know, hopefully we see that um, knock on wood um, that we saw with uh, Brady and, uh, and Manning.
0: Yeah, no, I think those two are in very good position to run the AFC for a long time. Round four, pick one, 13th overall. I take my basketball player. I take the big fundamental. Who loves a nice fundamental kiss shot off the glass? Tim Duncan, four time NBA champion. Uh, just one or five time NBA champion. Sorry. One of the, uh, again, um, I, I did take Patrick Mahomes, who actually has charisma. My other three in Trout, McDavid, and Duncan, not so much. Tim Duncan's a funny dude, though. And he just grew up playing basketball it was what he did he is forever synonymous with the san antonio spurs obviously the best player in that franchise's history and the big three with him ginobili and parker were kind of the antithesis of what nash and the seven seconds or less Suns were and somehow the spurs always seemed to come on top which was wildly frustrating but also just it happened many times um and yeah i just Tim Duncan, he's not flashy, but my God, he was 20 and 10 for two decades. Just every night he was, if he wasn't the best player out there, he was second or third. He was, he never faded. He was so consistent. Even in his last year, I think he averaged like 17 points. Like he just, he was a machine. And again, charisma, Eric, you mentioned it earlier. It's like, sometimes you just don't need to uh, you're, you're not interested in, building a personality when you just want to be the best best basketball player out there and Tim Duncan, arguably the best power forward of all time.
1: Yeah. There's something to be said for that level of consistency. Tim Duncan was not going to go out there and put up 60 on you, but Tim Duncan was going to be difficult to play against at both ends of the floor for the entire game. And he could score from a variety of post positions. He was one of the better rebounders this league has ever seen uh, really just sh- shout out to Wake Forest basketball for some, for being either really terrible or turning out NBA all-stars. There was literally <laughs> no in between.
0: It's Duncan and Chris Paul are 15th in the ACC right now. It's really remarkable. Um, let's go back to Nick here with pick 14. Uh, you made reference vaguely to this individual. Would you like to do your discount double check now for us?
3: Yeah. Uh, our, our, our uh, other insurance uh, guy here, uh, Aaron Rogers, um, It was kind of tough to pick the last football guy um, out of the four of us. Um, I really wanted Mahomes um, because I I do like him quite a bit, but you're a jerk. Um, So I I went with the next best, at least in my mind, um, in terms of the guys who were able to pick Aaron Rodgers. He's been with the franchise since 2008. Um, We're coming, actually, on almost as long as as Brett Favre was with the Packers, which is crazy to think about. Um, there has been one other passer who's played well. The oh, the 17 season when rogers was hurt, you had Brett Hundley, was the uh main yes. passer, didn't um, go so well there. Yes, for the, the, the Hel- that season. Halcyon days of, of Brett Hundley when they went seven and nine. Um, I think one of the bigger knocks on a guy like Aaron Rodgers was the fact that he just couldn't show up in the playoffs. Um, he's very much a regular season guy. Um, I don't know if the cold would get to him and then just kind of falter, but never like they they won the Super Bowl in his third season. Uh, and since then, um, haven't made the Super Bowl, which is, um, uh, you know, he having to go up against, we, we talked about Brady and, and Manning. Um, his guy was Drew Brees essentially, um, and many other quarterbacks, but it was more of like a rotating thing with Brees kind of being like the, the main henchman or the main villain, um, to, uh, to Rodgers as a superhero. Uh but you know Aaron Rodgers absolutely amazing. He has the same kind of arm that Patrick Mahomes has like he could just sling it and luckily had a lot of the the support with the players around him with an absolute dog shit running game his entire career. He has never had a good running game to support his game so he's throwing to 5 D- against 5 DBs every single play if not more. Um, because nobody, you know, Eddie Lacey wasn't lighting the world on fire. Um, I'm on green wasn't happening. I, I love James Starks. Sorry, buddy. Um, nobody was scared of James Starks. Uh, no, they were. So, so for him to be able to do that with that, um, you know, is, is remarkable. And he's been consistent his entire career. There's been maybe down years, but for the, for the most part, you know, last year was one of his best years. Um, which is pretty incredible considering he's been in the league since 2008.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sucks that he's one in four in AFC champion or NFC championship games. Um, You know, the guys that he's lost to are it's Tom Brady, it's Russell Wilson. It's, you know, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think there's a case Brady and Rogers are the two smartest quarterbacks in my lifetime. Um, And I'm not sure even it's hard to say. Like, is Patrick Mahomes more intelligence, or is he just more the impro- improvisational skills that that he has? But no, Rodgers is. There is a case to be made in terms of raw talent. He's one of the best. He knows what he's doing out there um, and equips himself incredibly well, despite only having despite only having one championship. It's just not a slight in this at all.
1: I mean, he plays for a team that literally drafted a quarterback in the first round this year instead of trying to get him receiver help, and he went ahead and had a better season anyway, even though they didn't give him anything extra to work with. Yes. Truly one-of-a-kind, playing
0: out of the spite. Which, um, Yep. Awesome you got to wonder if that was intentional. Uh, Eric, pick 15, your hockey player. I like this one. I don't think many people would have maybe thought that this was the direction you would go in, but – I think there's a a good story here to be told.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I think Malkin sometimes gets lost in the narrative of Crosby and Ovi. And, you know, I, it, it's just one of those things where you, you're like, you know, when you're Peyton Manning in the Brady era, he's a Bengi Malkin in the Crosby Ovi era. But, you know, he... <laughs> when the Sabres tanked for either... Uh, mcdavid or eichel you thought it could work because it worked for pittsburgh and it worked for chicago and so there was a track record right but it, it worked for pittsburgh because they got two picks that draft yeah <laughs> and Melkin was the second pick and so like uh crosby career shooting percentage is like 14.25 or something like that Melkin is like 13.89 those guys, like, every 10 times they're shooting the puck, they're scoring a goal. Like, that's that's a big deal. You know what I mean? When you've got two players on your team that are doing that and sometimes they play on the same line, that's – how do you stop that? And yeah. for for many years, most teams didn't. So, uh, you know, he he lives in Crosby's shadow a little bit, but he is maybe not equal to player, but he is as important to that team as Crosby is in my there-
0: opinion there were some times at the beginning of the 2010 decade where we didn't know if Sidney Crosby was going to last. Cause he had a lot of injury issues yep. and they were head issues specifically. Yeah. And Malkin gets his heart trophy in the 11, 12 season because Crosby isn't there and he showed he could be the main guy. And like you yeah. said, he's usually the second line guy. Obviously they can play together on the power play. They haven't played a ton five on five together over the years, but yeah, man, Malkin is a great player and in his own right. And You know, yes, he will forever be number two or one B or however you want to put it. But he is the Penguins don't have three cups of, you know, three of the last 13 cups without Gino as their second second fiddle. But maybe the best second fiddle uh, of the last two two decades. No doubt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The playing Malkin and Crosby together is the Penguins break glass in case of emergency. Correct. We really need a bunch of goals. And we don't want to stack our offense like this. Usually we're just going to put them out there together for like the last five minutes to see what happens. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, if he had ended up on a different NHL team would be talked about as one of the three best players of this generation more regularly because he could have carried another team the way that Sid carries this team. It just happened that he ended up, we don't talk about Jonathan Taves as much as we would because he plays with Patrick Kane. He just happened to be the the second billing. And the reason that team works so well is because they had, death right down the middle center death has proven time and time again in the NHL to be what allows these teams to build and having Evgeny Malkin a bonafide superstar as your number two center is a luxury that most teams have never even sniffed and as a result the Penguins were able to build a lot of success around having 87 and 71 Uh, Malkin is a great player in his own right and I I like the pick I I think he deserves some recognition here
0: and uh, Jeff pick 16 wrap it up here we're going back to baseball
1: Yes. And I was elated that this guy came all the way back around to me. I was really hoping. It, Well, It almost happened at nine. I was more willing to take a, almost more willing to take a chance at a hockey guy falling to me here. Uh, but I got Ichiro here at, at 16 an earlier 2000s MVP. Ichiro is, I think a unique character to all major sports in kind of how he, especially for the time, how he becomes the baseball superstar. He's a Japanese baseball superstar comes over to Seattle and just proceeds to have one of the best careers on top of his already incredible career playing baseball in Japan comes to the United States and has one of the best specifically MLB careers that anyone could ever have amassing an incredible amount of hits being just a true speedster, an incredible fielder, just one of the best outfielders that has ever played this game. And sure. The only thing maybe missing is that he couldn't hit for power, but who cares if you're hitting for power when you're in for over 300 with incredible regularity for almost his entire career you could set a watch by this guy swing and the fact that he could you know bat left-handed get the bat to the ball and be halfway down the first baseline before the guy at third base looked up to see where the ball was reinventing leadoff hitting reinventing contact hitting in a power hitting era ichiro was even more unique we talked about the bonds mcguire sosa arms race well, up in Seattle, they just got a guy who's just going to casually put up hundreds and hundreds of hits a season and help spear that team That at, at that point. And again, I promise a second one, second shout out to SB Nation, the incredible Seattle Mariners documentary that Jim Boys and Alex Rubenstein did last year. That really captures the spirit of this team in particular with Edgar Martinez and A-Rod at that point. And the team, the, maybe the greatest team that never won at all, Yeah, which only ever came together in full because Ichiro came over here and began an incredible major league baseball career.
0: 4,367 professional hits between Japan and the United States. The incredible number got to 3000 in the United States alone, which is kind of the benchmark. Um, No non uh, steroid user has ever been denied access to the hall of fame. If you get 3000 hits, but when you add that on, I mean, he's, he's modern day Pete Rose, um, probably along with Rose and Ted Williams, maybe the best hitters of all time. I mean, just a savant when it comes to hitting in an in incredible. And like you said, he could hit batting practice home runs with regularity. He just chose not to. That's how good he was, was it was so special. And for many years, the only reason that anybody should even consider themselves a Seattle Mariners fan, because um, there were some dark days there and they continue it's nigh on two decades now for that franchise
1: can imagine what that's like
0: unrelated yeah i'm unfamiliar with what that feels like weird all right well that does it here let's recap the draft for jeff picking at number one overall he ended up taking tom brady for the nfl steph curry for the nba city crosby for the nhl and Ichiro for major league baseball eric went with peyton manning in football alex rodriguez In baseball, uh, Steve Nash for the NBA and Evgeny Malkin for the NHL. Nick LeBron James for the NBA, Alex Ovechkin for the NHL, Barry Bonds for Major League Baseball and Aaron Rodgers in football. And for myself, I took Mike Trout for Major League Baseball, Connor McDavid in the NHL. Patrick Mahomes for the NFL and Tim Duncan for the NBA, which team sounds the best. Obviously check us out on social media. You can let us know, let us know what you think of this show and all the other ones that we have in the catalog. We do appreciate you checking us out on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and the like. Thank you for joining us here on draft show tonight. We will be back with another one for Nick, for Eric and for Jeff. I'm Bill. Talk to you then.